0: Hey guys, thanks again for tuning in to this week of The Rise. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to thank everybody who's been tuning in. Our listenership has grown each and every week, which is very exciting. Uh, I hope you guys love listening to the show as much as I love working on it each and every week and putting it out to you. So thanks so much for you, all of you who've subscribed, downloaded, and who do listen week in and week out. As I said, our fellowship is growing, which is awesome. I also want to take a moment, I want to thank Chris Mongello, who was our guest last week, episode number four. If you guys have not listened to that podcast yet, make sure you go back into the archives and you give it a listen. We talk a lot about the music industry, past, present, and future, as well as where technology is going to take that side of entertainment, where it's going to navigate the music industry. Technology is a huge player in all facets of entertainment, from production to production to distribution and we kind of cover all of that in the music side so make sure you go back you give it a listen chris mangel is a very insightful individual um, very goal-oriented very passionate and it was a lot of fun doing that podcast last week so i encourage you to go back and give a listen this week episode number five uh, mike massimino great guy working booking son of a bitch this guy uh every time i talk to him he's out there swinging hitting it out of the park. He's constantly auditioning. He's constantly booking roles. He's been in stuff like We On the Night with Mark Wahlberg and Joaquin Phoenix, He was in the stars' hit show produced by 50 Cent uh, Power. He's been in the Marvelous Miss Maisel on Amazon, which has won many awards. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about all of that, as well as other stuff that he's been very, very fortunate to work on, and his experiences behind the scenes, Boardwalk Empire being one of them. Funny guy, great individual, very lucky to know him. And, you know, him and I had actually had the chance to work together on something that I had put together and produced, And, you know, we've been very fortunate to stay in touch throughout the years, which is sometimes very difficult to do in this business. But we're going to get into how we met, how we stay in touch, how we choose to collaborate, as well as what he's been working on. We're going to just talk shit, talk shop. Uh, He's going to make me laugh. I'm going to make him laugh. We're going to make each other laugh. Now let's get to it. Welcome to The Rise. I'm your host, Mark Basil. This is the podcast where we talk industry, we talk business, we talk shit, we motivate, and we get things done. Beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. I'm on the phone with Mike Massimino. Uh, Mark, what's up? What's up, buddy? How's everything?
1: Are we clear? Are we crystal clear?
0: Crystal. Crystal clear, my it. man.
1: I love it. Crystal doing clear. Real good. I, I want to say I it's wanna, an honor and a privilege to be, I don't know, what, what number guest am I? Uh
0: you know, That's a good question. That's a good question. I haven't really uh, figured that out yet. You might be like number three.
1: All right, so right? I'm in the top five. That's great. you i definitely will top take five. It. I wouldn't have it any other way. If it was after the number five, we we might have had a little problem. But, but I'll take three. <laughs> number three. Yeah, you're probably number three. Um, number three is good. Not as much pressure. <laughs>
0: By that time, hopefully we'll be on iTunes.
1: will <laughs> <laughs> be blocked. I'm rooting for um, you, pal. I know you're going to get there. I know you're going to get there.
0: Thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really do. I really do. Um, so just to give everybody a little background about about uh, our relationship a little bit, um, you know, typically I've had people on the show so far that I have some sort of relationship with, whether I have worked with them before, uh, you know, or I've networked with them, or in our case, we've actually become really good friends um, through networking and then, Later on, working together. Um, so we actually met um, in class, probably about four years ago, right?
1: Was it four what years ago?
0: I think it was. Oh. Yeah, man. I think I want to say it was like two thousand. Might have been three years. I want to say it was around two thousand fifteen. You're talking about
1: Chaz's class, right? Chaz's class? class,
0: right? Yep. Yeah, probably,
1: probably. 15, 16, Yeah, I'm going to say fifteen. But, but before we touch base on that,
0: I want to talk a little bit about, I want to open the show up a little bit, uh, and talk about your career, how you got into acting. Um, I mean, you, you've actually been very fortunate and positioned very well to be able to, to dive right into this and, and work. I mean, at, at least as long as I've known you, work pretty consistently. I mean, you have, out of all the people in, in, in our inner circle, our creative inner circle uh, that you and I are involved in, you are the one that works the most. You are the one that works the most consistently. You are the one that has the, the most solid relationships with casting directors uh, in New York City. But w- take me back to, to when you knew this was what you wanted to do the rest of your life.
1: Well, that goes back to when I was – that goes way back. You know, and I I could honestly say when I saw Rocky way back the first Rocky is when I got that tingle. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the hairs started to to rise on my arms and I got that feeling, you know, that not just because it was Rocky and the way you know that movie was made, but it was the characters and the music and the whole just the whole um you know, the story. It was a love story. Rocky was a love story. That, that movie made you feel good. But it was Sylvester Stallone's performance that pretty much made me go, wow, I want to do that. You know what I mean? And when I came out of Rocky, I was acting like Rocky and, you know, that became a habit after every movie. You know what I mean? Well, and I just knew I wanted to do it. I knew this is what I wanted to do from a very, very young age. Uh, and, it took a long time to get there and take it serious because I did not take it serious until about 30, till I was about eh, 31, 30, 31. That's when I said, I came to a crossroads in my life and I said, you know what? I wasn't happy. I said, I should be acting. I said, I have to do it now or I'm never going to do it. And I knew one day if I didn't give it a shot a hundred percent that it would be I would be regretting it for the rest of my life, so that's it it was something that was always there mark like I'm sure you could relate to that. I'm sure you knew at a young age that you you wanted to do this, but it took me a long time to be able to 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 commit to it and get there and that's a whole nother conversation why that happened but that's pretty much what happened it's it's always been it's always been there. It's like a disease, as you know. You know what I mean? We, we have the disease, you and I, I believe. Yeah.
0: You know no, I mean, I, mean I, I I can relate. I I knew, oh, fuck, I must have been, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. I, you know, I, I was probably five or six years old. And, yeah. You know, yeah. my father. My father was uh, a hairstylist, owned a hair salon. My mother was uh, a foreman in a factory. She was a factory worker. And uh, you know, you you grew up in Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut. And I, I remember Robert De Niro and Jane Fonda were filming a movie in Waterbury, Connecticut, called Stanley and Iris. I don't know if you've ever yep. seen her. I'm and familiar
1: with that. It.
0: And that's where I'm from. And they happen to be filming it. An exterior shop uh, outside of a house that just happened to be across the street from um, the house of somebody my parents knew. So we actually went there and sat on the front lawn and watched, you know, the, the, this whole thing take place. And,
1: yeah. you know,
0: I, I mean, at that age, dude, I didn't know who Jane Fonda was, had no idea right. who, who Robert De Niro was at that age, but... um I was just, I was in awe of everything. I was in awe of the production and, you know, the cranes and the camera and the amount of people it took to get this one shot. And of course, you know, Jane Fonda and Robert De Niro. That was my introduction to, to, to Robert De Niro. And it was like yeah. from that moment on, I, 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 I knew what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And then I just kind of. Yeah jumped ran around the house and, and jumped all over the place uh you know like christian bale singing santa fe from newsies and and <laughs> yeah i'm serious dude you laugh but that that's that's really how it happened and my parents were,
1: i get it parents, no i completely get it i completely yeah, get
0: you know, it. My, my parents were extremely supportive so you know i i i, I do get it i do understand and 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 like Zed, it's almost like a disease, but it's a good disease because it keeps you going, it keeps you creative, it keeps you pushing forward. And um, it,
1: It's an inner love. I, used, I I like to look at it, it's like an inner yeah. love. You've got to really love it because if you don't, <clears throat> as you know what we've been through with, you know, the audition experience and yeah. the disappointments and the traveling into the city and the, everything that we do and we put our 100% in it, and get nothing out of it sometimes, and we keep coming back for more. That's why I call it a disease, because we love it. It's the definition of insanity, right? You keep keep doing something over and over again, you know, expecting different results. You know, you have yeah, to be I mean, somewhat crazy to stay in this business, and that's the love of it. We're kind of crazy, you know what I mean? But it's a good crazy. Like you said, it's a good disease. It's like a good crazy, you know. So, and and, and if if you're in it for any other reason than that, I feel sorry for you because it's not about being famous. It's not about any of that stuff, you know. No, I'm I... You're really disappointed for some people.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I was I was fortunate to go to American Musical Dramatic Academy to get accepted there. Uh, and I can honestly say that nobody I went to school with, with the exception of one other person who is actually the... the uh, He's a stunt performer now. <clears throat> he made that switch from actor to stunt performer. Um, right. no, no Nobody's doing anything, you know. A- everybody kind of filtered out of New York City and moved back to their home or or settled their roots right. down somewhere else after they got married yeah. and had kids. And um, you know, it, it's sad. It's sad because you, I, I got to see these talented people. I mean, they they truly were talented. They 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 they. they Suspended that, that reality for, for that moment. They got you to believe. They pulled you in. I mean, they were very talented people. Um, right. but they didn't have the desire. They didn't have the passion. They didn't have, have the hunger for it. And in, in this business, it's, dude, it's a hundred fucking no's. And, and mm. you know that, well, Thousands. You know this, it's a hundred no's. It's a hundred no's before you get a call back. That's right. And then it's 500 more no's before you get booked. Yeah,
1: um, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: You know, so uh you definitely got to be able to take rejection, but you know You got to
1: love it. it you got to love
0: it. It's 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 doing what you love. Um so now you're bit you're bitten by the bug. You knew you wanted to do this at at such a young age, life took yeah. over. Um you know Whatever. And I
1: just want to say, it was the cinematic experience also that you and I, our generation, got to experience as well. I mean, I'm a little older than you, and mm-hmm. but you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like we got that cinematic experience that, that they just don't have today because everybody's watching movies on their phones. And, you know, it's kind of hard to get inspired by a movie watching it on a tablet if you ask me. Because I didn't grow up that way. I grew up going to the movies. And going to the movies was an experience, and that's what gave me also the the bug for this. You know, it gave me, you know, it gave me my imagination as well. You know, I came up with ideas, and, you know, I would run around the house and make up my own movies and my own stories and act them out for my family. And that was always after a movie because the movie inspired me, you know. So I love movies and as I got older I learned to love plays and it took a while for musicals I don't love musicals but I'll go to a musical I enjoy Mm -hmm. them you know I will go to anything live the live experience and even stand up comedy it's so important to go and go through the experience you know you know like a not to get off topic but for stand up comedians people are watching them on YouTube rather than going to see them you know and it's, it's more and more it's it's so much more important for them to get out there and, 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 experience that live experience. And that's what movies did for me and the cinematic experiment. And it gave me that drive to, to act, you know?
0: But you know, you know what it is too? I think it's, um, it's the type of films that we grew up with too, that just don't exist today. Right. Everything today seems to be a, a DC movie or a Marvel movie or you know, I mean, we grew up with with, grew up with Hollywood creativity at its best. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, you, you know, you brought up Rocky, for example, and Rocky yeah. was so innovative, not that's just right. because of the story, but because of the equipment. I mean, that was the very first film ever to use a steady cam camera yeah. rig, which, which I gave didn't that, know. I you didn't I didn't know. It, yeah, that's a fact. Yep. Look it yeah, up. It's it, pretty it, cool. It, Google it, dude. It Rocky One was the very first movie to use a steady cam rig, which gave that very fluid motion throughout the entire film, which was never really seen before. And you know you got all the great mobster movies, you have you have Dog Day Afternoon, you have I mean you had all these creative stories. And the only
1: place and the only place Mark to go to go see those movies was where? The movie theater. At the movie theater, right. Yeah, Everybody had to go. Right. Everybody you saw that to. movie. You know what I mean? Or it's not like today. Or you had to wait three and a half years
0: for it to maybe come out on television.
1: Right. Or it took them three years to make a movie back then.
0: Back then, It took yeah. them a
1: couple of years to make a movie back then, you know. So it was very different, and it was – everybody went to the movies, you know. It was a different time. And today it's a completely different time. But it's also a great time to be an actor and a creator and a director and a writer. It's, it's a great time for that as well, but it's a lot harder to get your project seen, you know, because there's so many different platforms now. But it's great, great time for actors.
0: No, I, I agree with that. I feel like now there is no better time now in general, not just for actors or entertainers or performers or – I mean, just with technology – the way that it is, and the advances that we have in the in, in, in the conveniences that we have, I mean it is such a unique time to 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 do what whatever it is you love to do uh, you know i mean
1: oh, yeah. absolutely
0: you know if you think about it for a minute, Bon Jovi in the eighties had to and 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 I know you're a music buff. Um, bon Jovi in the 80s had to, Bruce Springsteen, you know, I mean, these guys, Madonna, these people had to literally send thousands of demo tapes out. Today, right. if you're an aspiring musician and a songwriter, you write a song, you record it on your MacBook, and guess what? Yeah. You fucking load it up on iTunes. Now yeah. people have access to your shit. And, you know, yeah. if you're an author, you write a book. If you're uh Yeah, I mean, whatever it is, it's so much attainable to do now, but like you said, it's also harder because, you know, especially in our field, things tend
1: to be oversaturated. Oversaturated, and everybody's got ADD, everybody wants instant gratification, so to get somebody to sit down and write and read your book is, it's like almost an impossibility, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not a known writer, or you don't have, you know, proper credentials or whatever it is, but... You know, it's a different time. You really got to work point. hard to get your stuff out there. You got to get it out there, and you got to find. You know, I mean, social media does help, but if they don't know who you are, no one gives a shit. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. You got to leverage. I think the trick today
1: is to get people talking about your projects. To get people talking about, you know, like like for instance, I, I did this we, similar to what we did with your project, the Good Fight, your movie. You know, we, we shot the trailer, right? So this way we could show people what it's about and possibly get financing for your project, right? Mm-hmm. So I just did this with Christopher Atkins, the Christopher Atkins, the guy from the Blue Lagoon.
0: Oh, wow. He's a great
1: guy, great guy, and he's doing a horror movie. It's called Bangers, and he wrote it. He's producing it. You know, he, he started his own production company. And he wants to get financing for it. He's actually got half the financing already. So I actually mentioned to him, you know, what we did for your movie because he brought up a sizzle wheel. And I said, yeah, I just, I did that with my friend Mark for his movie. So Chris was like, yeah, we want to do, we want to do something like that. So we just, we just did that over the weekend. This past weekend, we, we got three days. We got a bunch of great actors from New York. Um, we got a makeup girl who's out of this world. Her name's Holly Corsano. If anybody in the business is looking for a makeup. Little plug for my friend Holly. She's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Mark, you're gonna use her for your projects. That's it. She's fantastic. She's gonna I wanna use her on everything. And they even used her as an actress. They they made her up as this entity. She plays this drowned dead girl. And she's, like, oh, wow. totally down for everything. She's amazing. So we we did that over the weekend, and now he's got something to show investors to get people. Now, I, I, I put it all over the Internet. I, I Instagrammed it. I put it on Facebook, and I'm getting all these calls. What's this movie you're doing? What What is this, a horror movie? What? It just gets people talking, and that's right. what you want to do. You want to get people talking about your project and get it out there, you know. Um, if it stands out that 's the hard part to get it to stand out and you got to get it to stand out and it's how just long, amazing the work that goes into it
0: how How long did it take you guys to film that
1: fizzle reel three days wow three days friday Saturday, sunday Sunday morning us- he was up till i wasn't there he was no monday it was no four days Monday was the last day, and they were up till five a m finishing it up. Jesus before the storm, he rented some equipment. He got all the camera equipment back before the storm came, and then he said he went home. and went to bed five a.m. But he's got great footage, and he's got he had great makeup people and good actors, and it makes all the difference in the world to get top quality people that'll come in, work for basically nothing, and give you a performance that you know they're pros, they're people who love it you know I, I believe if you surround yourself with people like like-minded like yourself and i that love the business love being in it love doing it they'll do whatever they want they'll do whatever you want they'll give you a hundred percent not expect anything really in return. they're doing it for the love of it you know and they want to collaborate with you that's all the difference in the world so oh well yeah cause
0: then, then you got hungry people who want to see through i mean look 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 what we did with the good fight. I mean, we filmed twenty percent of that movie and as uh, a sizzle reel, and
1: and we had a blast like, doing it. Look how we had a blast was.
0: doing it, and everybody was behind it hundred percent. You know, and nobody
1: From, was getting paid. Nobody, nobody. You're lucky you got a fucking nobody plate got of pizza. Nobody got paid. I think I got a, a sandwich. What did I get? Did I get some type of a sandwich? Uh no, I don't even think you got a sandwich. I think we got pizzas, man. I think we got pieces when we When we we make the movie, we're going to get top-quality Italian Uh, meat. Craft services all the way. That's it. That's (laughs) what we're aiming for. Craft services all the way. Um, Yeah.
0: So let's go back a little bit. You're 31 years old. You hit this crossroad in your life, and you said, now or never, do or die, this is what I need to do. Yep. What did you do? That's exactly
1: jump? that's exactly what I said. So what I did was when I started, it was backstage the paper. Remember, back, not back page, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get it confused. Backstage, <laughs> back page, okay. Backstage, yeah, not newspaper. back page, Mark. So do your be careful with your editing on this interview. So
0: backstage newspaper. It's a trade paper
1: for trade actors. Paper. And yes.
0: it has articles and insight and auditions. Job
1: opportunities. Uh, oh, job right. opportunities. Right. So here's what I did. I went in backstage and I said, I'm just going to submit for any acting job. I don't care what it is. So I saw this ad for a, a horror film, as many of us start out horror films. So I started for this ad, and it was – um they needed Italians – so, you know, I said, okay, perfect for me. <laughs> so I'm I looking <laughs> for Italian Italian mobsters. types. You think I fit that description, buddy? Listen to me. I need you, when, when we hang up the phone, I need you to
0: send me a picture of you because I want everybody who listens to this podcast to be able to put a face with your story and your name.
1: Okay. Well, all they got to do is go on my IMDP page. Boom. But I will tell no, you. No, I know picture, that, but when I, when I throw
0: it out over social media and I do the audiogram and a little clip of the podcast, I want people to see. Yeah. Oh.
1: No, absolutely. That's a great idea. I love it. I, I'm a mobster type. Of course. I mean, if you look at me, the first thing you're going to think. Uh, bag of donuts. That's it. Vinny bag of donuts. What you know, hey, this guy, that guy over here, over mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Which is fine because it's been my bread and butter for the last 15 years, but. Um, Incredible. And I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But we'll get into typecasting later. So anyway, I basically answered the ad, went on the audition. It was for this low budget horror movie, but with a very, very talented writer, director. And his name's Mark Fratto. Um And to this day, we still talk. You know, we've been in touch ever since. Because it was basically my first acting gig, really, ever that I auditioned for and I got the part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I went to the audition in New York City. I forgot where the audition was. But I basically went in, I nailed it, and I got the part. And that was my first acting job. But I got it out of backstage, and I had no idea. It was so green, Mark, that I thought it was a studio film. I called all my friends, and I told everybody, I got in this movie, and it's going to be, you know, I <clears> can't <throat> believe it. My family, everybody was so like, excited about it but I was so green i had no idea what it was it was with another startup company called insane orama productions which is mark's production company and they were starting out too they had done a few movies and mark who mark fratto oh okay the name of the company that made the movie was insane orama productions gotcha and they uh, you know they had a very limited budget and we made the movie and it was a low budget movie but i thought it was going to be in the theaters and you know that's how green i was i had no idea and then oh, i went to god. the premiere and and it was a low budget movie but it was a great movie and it's a, if he had a budget oh my god the movie would have been a hit i guarantee it cuz he's such a talented writer and he had and he had really you know everybody involved in the movie was were pros down to frank garfee who did the music for the film Another good friend of mine, Frank Garvey, great guy. Just spoke to him not too long ago on the phone, and um, you know they're horror filmmakers, and and that that was my first real gig. So then I got really excited, and I was like, wow, I gotta you know. After we did that, they hired me again for another movie that they did. Now, did you get did. paid for any of these? No, not so these really. I think they, they threw these were me. all on the on. <laughs> there were all no pays. I think. Uh, yeah. I think um I think uh, I got paid. Like, like most jobs. I think they threw me some cash in a sandwich, you know, like 20 bucks. I don't know. I forgot what it was. But I didn't care. I was so Here's $20. Happy. Here's $20 yeah. in a bologna sandwich. <laughs> but I was so happy to do it. I was so thrilled to do it. Yeah. I was so excited that I got the part, and it was a movie, and it was just, like, really cool. And it went it went on the DVD. I think you can buy it on Amazon now. It's called Strange Things Happen at Sundown. And it was just – and the name of my character was Paulie Hands. That was the name of my character. And that was my first character name. This guy was a vicious vampire mobster who just killed people with his bare hands and ate them, you know. Wow. And it was really cool, and it was really fun. And then after that, Mark, I just went into the city and I banged on the doors until I got an agent. And I made it like it was my job just to get an agent. And I took classes. Yeah. You know, I didn't go, you know, like when I was 19, 20 years old, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Did um, you? Yep. Yeah. And I stayed hey, there. I didn't do that. Yeah, I did. A, I did like the first year I did over there. And then I didn't. You know, and then I just lost interest. I was in my 20s, and there was a lot going on, and I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. I didn't take it serious enough. I was pretty much more interested in just being in my 20s and and having a good time. And that's why, 30, 31 years old, I was like, you're either going to do it now or you're not. So fast forward to getting an agent in 2006. You know, they got me my first two gigs, which was Law & Order, Criminal Intent. And I got, um, We Own the Night. I went in and read for the best friend for We On the oh. Night. Doug Eibel, Doug Eibel casting. And we a great film. meeting for Doug. uh, loved it. Didn't get the part I wanted, but they gave me a little cop role. And it was just on a few weeks ago. Everybody's been calling me. Oh, We Own the Night's on. And so, and then from there, it just went from job to job to job. And, you know, a lot of small roles. You know, a lot of day player roles until Boardwalk and then Boardwalk Empire came and that was four episodes and that was six weeks of work. And that's where I really got my true experience was working for Boardwalk Empire. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That show was awesome. And man, did I get an experience from that because you're working with the top. You're working with the best people, the best camera people, the best actors. The best makeup people, and it was an experience. Ever.
0: Tim Van Pat, Ernst yeah. Winter, the best writers.
1: Oh, you oh, know, I, I went. Everything about it.
0: Dude, I, I, did, I, I did one episode for days.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, because we had this yeah. big fucking shoot. It was where, um,
1: uh, Frank
0: Capone got gunned down. And he yeah. got shot like 37 fucking times, dude. And yeah. we were in Brooklyn in the bitter cold. We were there. We, it took us four days to film that one scene because there were a hundred and twenty-five yeah. extras for the big fight yeah. scene.
1: Yeah, all pros. Man. But that those those were great days.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent pros. That that was that was like so. My first gig. Like, did you ever do theater? I, no, I never did see. At a young age, did, did you ever do community theater, school plays, anything no. like
1: that? No. No, nope. you jumped right
0: into fucking film and television.
1: Jumped right into
0: it. See, I did the community theater thing, and I did a school play thing, and then moved to New York, and, yeah. you know, really was trying to find my way. And then I think I was 19 years old, and much like you, I booked my first role, and it was for this yeah. low-budget, no-budget fucking independent movie called uh, Secret Indictment. Um my character's name was Detective Humphrey. I was a crooked cop. I had long hair back then, dude. My hair was like like Uncle Jesse's from Full House. Right. I had like long fucking flowing <laughs> hair. Um and uh I played this like plain clothes detective, crooked detective, and it was such a good premise. It was such a good story. Yeah, you know, it was about the three strike rule you know like you get convicted three three times you go to jail the rest of your life you go to prison the rest of your life yeah and my character was trying to frame this drug dealer to get his third strike i mean it really was it was in patterson new jersey i i you know i was taking a bus two hours to patterson new jersey every day but unlike you you know you had a good experience with the final product my final product was horrendous. I'll tell you a funny story. They they call me up and they say, listen, uh, we're going to have a little premiere. It's going to be at this bar and like this bistro, whatever, blah. Yeah,
1: right in, yeah.
0: In fucking New Jersey.
1: I've you know, had a few of those. Call?
0: Right. I mean, that's typically what you do with a low-budget movie. You know, there's yep. no red carpet. There's no fucking... Uh, Ryan Seacrest isn't out there giving interviews. Yeah. And so we go, and I bring my mom and dad. You know, they said, you know, bring your parents, bring whoever you want. So I bring my mom and dad, and we're watching it. And we get about, 40, dude, we get about forty minutes into it. I'm 19 years old. I got my father on one side, my mother at the on the other. We're sitting at a table,
1: and all of
0: a sudden, these like hardcore sex scenes start coming on.
1: Oh boy! And my
0: mother looked. My mother looked at my father. My father <laughs> looked at my mother.
1: Awkward. And I
0: just. Dude, I just looked at the floor I was like, oh my god. And uh it was it, it, you know, they they took you you could tell they unfortunately they didn't take it seriously enough to make sure that the finished product was good, but you know, that was when I was 19, dude. I didn't get my and I'm not even going to say my break because I'm still really searching for my 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 break as we all are, but I I didn't really get my foot in the door until my I turned 30. I was thirty years old. I was thirty years old. Boom! Book Boardwalk Empire, and then from there, everything just kind of fell into place. The minute that, the minute the ink dried on my resume that said Boardwalk Empire, yeah, everybody started like looking at me twice and calling me in and auditioning. Well, what what
1: it did, I believe, is it put you in the mix, which is, in my eyes, and by my standards, it's a big break. You know, it's, it's a big break to number one, you have rep. So you're lucky you have rep. And number two, you got in the mix. So now they're going to call you. They know mm-hmm. you. Sure. And, you, know, and, Very true. you know, it's like just to get that, what you and I have going for us, which is having representation and getting called in continuously, even if we're not booking the roles, right? Cause you know what they say, you're probably not going to get it. So. Oh yeah. But the trick is the trick is they keep calling you back, and if you're if you've accomplished that by my standards, a lot of people are highbrow and they think it should it should be it should be more than that. But if you could do, a lot of people don't even do what you and I do, which is you know, and I'm not going to call us low level or anything like that because we're not. <clears throat> we're actors. We are where we are. This is where we're at. You and I. Sure. We have rep and we go and we, 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 we get day player roles. Sometimes we get weekly contracts, okay? I don't think either one of us has ever gotten a series regular. Um no. You know, I've been on series regular auditions, but very far sure. and few between, okay? And there's different levels, but you and I are at a level right now, which I think is an accomplishment, because there's people that have been in New York for 10, 20 years, that haven't done what you and I have accomplished. They haven't accomplished oh. that, you know. a hundred percent. So I'm very 100. grateful just for the work that I get. You know, absolutely, I mean? uh, one hundred, one
0: hundred percent. But I also think too I, that it's got to do with goes back to what we said earlier in in the show is that you know, I, it, it, to to have any sort of longevity in, in in this particular business that you and I chose to be in, it, it's it's it's. It's a state of mind. You know what I mean? Like you, it's, 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 it's mental. Like you have to be strong mentally. You know, it's a state of mind. You have to have your mind right. Like you, you have to know that you're not getting every single audition. I don't give a fuck how good you are. People, casting directors change. The, the, the breakdown on a minute's notice, like, it, it could right. be for a million and one reasons, like, there, I know actors who go out on an audition, they don't hear anything a week or two later, and they're fucking discouraged, it ruins their whole week, and it's like, no, dude, there's a thousand, at least a thousand other people auditioning for that fucking same role.
1: You know, you didn't get it. You're in a city of 8 other people.
0: 17 other people didn't get it either, you know? Sure, so. I mean, it's, 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 you, so you kind of got to understand the business, and you you have to have realistic expectations. I mean, listen, every audition I go on, I hope I do my best. And you, you know, we, you and I actually, we were just talking about this the other day. Like, when you go into an audition, yeah. and you know you fucking nailed it, like, you yeah. know you nailed it. There's no question. Yeah. You have that feeling. You're confident when you when you walk out of that office, but when you fuck it up. When you fuck that audition up, you know yeah. you fuck that audition up. I,
1: I've been there. I've been there. Oh,
0: I have too many times.
1: Yeah, and, I, and times. I'm talking about and I'm talking about not fucking it up, demolishing it, <laughs> oh. demolishing it to the point of like embarrassment. I've had moments like that too. You know? Oh,
0: I went and on this still, audition and
1: and still get called back in after. You think they're never going to call you again? You yes. think you're so unique? That no one's ever done that before. And you leave the audition thinking, Oh my God, my life is over, my career is over and then all of a sudden and then all of a sudden either you get called back for something else or you get a call back for the audition. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean that's how crazy it is, you know. It's I, I like w- we're I our own worst it. enemies. We're putting ourselves in the in the in the in the graves already. You can't do that to yourself. But i bet Oh, absolutely.
0: I went on this audition, oh, Christ, I don't know, maybe in August, it was for a, uh, a Hulu original series that Hulu was, was casting for. Um, yeah. It had a working title. I don't remember what the working title was, but in the audition, I don't even remember who the casting director was. Uh, it slips my mind. I don't remember. I, I can't recall at this time. But in the audition, like, I went in there, I knew my lines about 100%, like, fucking forwards, backwards, up, down. You know, left, right. I knew my lines word for word, letter for letter. I knew everything. Yeah. Studied these sides like a son of a bitch. And then I get into the audition. And uh, any questions? You know how they ask you. Do you have any questions about the, uh, the character, the dialogue? And, no, I'm good. Thank you. So we run through the dialogue. And then the casting director stops me. And is like, okay, Mark, listen. Um, this is a very physical scene. And I said, Yeah, I saw that. I said, uh yeah. yeah. She's like, so I'm gonna and I'm to, you know, they tape that. every audition's tape. <laughs> so she's like, I'm gonna need yeah. you to I'm gonna need you to be physical. Now in this or in this scene, I'm stomping the shit out of somebody. Yeah. Like I throw them on the ground and I'm stomping the shit out of them, and she she wants me to do this in the middle of the audition, which I wasn't prepared for because, as you know, very seldom do you actually very, get that yeah. physical in an audition.
1: Or yeah, or you they know? make you do those actions. Very seldom you don't you don't do the actions. Never. I very yeah. very
0: few and far between. So you know, my fault. I wasn't prepared. I. I didn't think for a million years she was going to make me go through the motions. And she did. And I forgot all my fucking lines, dude. <laughs> every,
1: yeah. I was con- I, dude, I was concentrating so hard on stomping yeah. the fucking car shit that I forgot yeah. every
0: every word. Yeah. It, it, and, and you know, you walk out of there and you're like, you, you know. And, and I even said to her, I was like, listen, I'm very, mm-hmm. and, you know, we did it. I think we did it three or four times. And by the fourth time, I had everything. I had everything yeah. again. I remember I, I, yeah. everything came back to me. And, um yeah. you know, I even said, listen, I'm sorry, you know, just the physicality kind of threw me off. I wasn't expecting it, you know, very rarely. Do yeah. you do that in audition? No, don't, very sweet. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But, you know, that fucking, that footage probably never made it to the producer.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know what, it's like, and then you could tell stories like that. I have those same stories. And that, sure. that it seems like it's a very negative a horrible thing that happened, but let me tell you something. If it wasn't for that experience, you would have never learned from it. Like, and I would have never learned from my mistakes that I had made. Like, I had one for, I had an audition a couple of years ago for a, a great casting director who I have a great relationship with and I've booked for them before. And it was for the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you know, Cindy Tolan casting. And oh, yeah. I went in. I went in and I just, I did the audition in my head. And normally when I do an audition, I got to have somebody to read it with. Like the night before, I took off somebody. And I just didn't, I didn't do that, this particular audition. I did it all in my head. I was a little cocky. I was like, I got it. You know what I mean? I don't need to read it with anybody. I went to the audition and it was a nightmare. I, I flubbed. I forgot the line. I made him stop. You know how you're not supposed to stop? No, 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 no. I stopped. I'm sitting there in, in the audition, and I'm going, oh, man, I'm beating myself up. I'm sorry, ladies. I got to go out into the hallway. Let me regroup. And they, they were playing oh, Ann Davidson. Ann Davidson's the best. She booked me on my did first you... role for TV. Criminal Intent. Did, did you ever book Kimmy Schmidt? Did you ever book Kimmy Schmidt? No, I did. I did. not I, I went on that a couple
0: times too. I never booked it, but I'm not a funny guy. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm I, I'm I'm not funny, man.
1: I disagree. Like, I, I disagree with you on that. I, I believe you no, are funny, no. and I believe you can do comedy.
0: No, but like you and me talking and bullshitting, yeah, we make each other laugh, and 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 we're funny that way naturally. But it's very difficult for me. And this is this is probably a weakness that I should fine tune a little bit. But it's very it's very difficult for me to take somebody else's words and I'm make gonna them tell
1: funny. you something right now, Mark Basil, that you're funny and you can do funny on screen. And if you need to go I'm, find that somewhere, I believe you can find it, because you are funny.
0: Well like I just said, I mean that that goes back to my point is it's it's probably something I need to work on because I find yeah, it very it's difficult. there I find it very difficult as a writer to write funny and I find it very difficult as an actor to take somebody else's words and hit that comedic timing just right to get that laugh. Like, you know, like when we were in Richard Klein's class together. Yeah, you know, the majority of that class was all comedy, like comedy writing, sitcom. And, and
1: let's give it up right. for Richard Klein's class. Richard, Richard Klein, Klein, absolutely. Right?
0: Richard Klein's class was 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 a phenomenal experience. It was um,
1: my audition it, coach yeah. as well, one of the best. Is he really? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he's one of the best. He's helped me on many many auditions. I should have called him for the night, Jimmy fucking. <laughs> I, <laughs> I should have called him Richard for Jimmy Smith. <laughs> oh yeah, he does acting no... coaching and everything. He's on the road right now with Waitress. He's out touring with Waitress right now. He won't be I back. See that? Center. I saw that actually. I yeah. had no idea that he was your
0: yeah. uh, that he was your audition coach, man.
1: One of my one of my mentors. Yeah, I started. Uh, he was one of the first classes I took in New York City. But yeah, like
0: like Richard Klein's class to me was very foreign. It was very.
1: It, 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 it,
0: he forced me out of my comfort zone, you know? Like, he, he, yeah. he stretched me as a comedic actor, which I, I appreciate. Um, was not always very comfortable. Uh, but I think but I will
1: tell you that, this. We did give you a great compliment. You did a monologue in there. He said you did a monologue in there that knocked him off his feet. Just so you know. Oh, he said that? You, did. <laughs> you didn't say that to me. <laughs> well, he said it. He said it to me. He said you did a great monologue. Really? I don't know what it was. Yeah, he said it, it, was, it fantastic. was my uh, whatever monologue you did in there. I wasn't there that week, but whatever monologue it was, he said you did a great job. And he, he, that's my him.
0: go-to. That's yeah. That was my fir- very first class. That was the class I audited yeah. with him. It was my that's yeah. my go-to monologue. That's
1: yeah. He yeah, loved
0: it. It's actually a Ray Liotta monologue.
1: Yeah. I I wish you had a little secret. But but what's great about Richard? What's great about his class is you could go in there and do a monologue, you could do a scene, you could do Shakespeare, you could do comedy if you're not comfortable with it, hone it, work on it. You could do all kinds of things with him. And he's um he's one of the great comedic actors. You know, if anybody doesn't know who we're talking about, it's Richard Klein, who played Larry on Three's Company way back in the day. One of the great sitcoms with one of the best comedic actors of all time, john Ritter and uh um, oh, I mean
0: they were just a, you know, f- they were a phenomenal comedic duo on that oh, that they,
1: were, they were unbelievable and and Richard, you know I've learned so much from him in his class and uh, just working on auditions because he'll point things out in auditions that I'll never think of. you know what I mean like he'll point things out. You know, this guy's got a, you know, a degree. You know, he's he's a master actor. I mean, he knows, we, he points things out on auditions that you're just like, you know what, if I never, I would have never thought of that, you know?
0: So You know what I love? I would love to work with Richard Klein, not necessarily as an actor, like actor to actor. Yeah. I would yeah. love, like, I feel like he would be such a... Phenomenal! Such an amazing uh, director.
1: You oh yeah, I mean? I feel, absolutely. I feel
0: like I feel like he would be such an amazing director because he really truly yeah. takes the time to sit there with you and and
1: yeah.
0: and make you understand what it is—not just what the character is about, but what the dialogue is about.
1: Yeah, you know
0: what I mean to, to help you get yeah. a better understanding, and that you know I. In all the years I've been acting and taking classes, I've never had a teacher like that. That actually take however however long it takes, dude. It, it could take forty minutes for him yeah. to get it into your head, and if it takes forty minutes, then then that's yeah. how long it takes. And I mean, he's he makes you raise, he paint. definitely
1: he definitely he definitely raises the stakes. And he makes you think about the objective of the characters, and he really brings the best out of you, and he'll let you do it over and over again until you get it right. And, you know, he's an understanding guy. He's an understanding teacher. And, you know, he wants you to – the only thing he wants you to be is off book. And, and, you know, if you're you're off book in his class, you're going to get the best out of it. And if you're not, you know, it, it makes all the difference in the world. To be off the page. I do remember that's his that's, biggest gripe with
0: everybody. Yeah, that was one of his biggest gripes: is being off, you know. is, is having your lines memorized. For those people who don't know what off book means, it means just basically having your lines memorized. Yeah, that was yeah. that
1: his biggest step It's one of them. Yeah, because it's how how could you go into a class and pay him and not be prepared? Just, it just it doesn't hurt him. Yeah. It hurts you. Sure. But he but here's the thing with Richard is he wants to teach. You know, so if you're in there not prepared, it kind of disappoints him, too. So, and the level of, you know, the caliber of actor that you want to be is you want to be the caliber of actor that he is, and he's a great actor. So, you know, if you're not prepared, you're not going to get everything. You're not going to get the value out of it. And, and, you know, you know what? It was so important to be off the page, and I was a stickler for not being off book for so long you know, uh, yeah. I had every excuse in the, in the world for not being off
0: book. <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, I remember you know, a few of those classes.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and it's just, it hurt me. It really did. It hurt me because, you know, I, you feel guilty. So it's like, I, I made sure I was off book for, for everything from, from to, to, to work with him, especially auditions. If you're going to do an acting audition and you want a coaching session from Richard, you know, you really want to be off book because you want to nail the audition. And you know
0: what I, you know what I really enjoyed about his class is that it was actors of all ranges. You know, like you, you, yourself, myself, Freddie, uh, Freddie Gano. We were Freddie in Gano, class.
1: Freddie G! Freddie Gano, Freddie G,
0: Freddie G. Freddie G out in Philly. Um, the
1: original gangster. The original
0: gangster, the OG. We. You know, we, we've all been very fortunate to, to to be working for some time. We were in a class with people, you know, who, who just started to, to break into this business or just started to yeah. take it seriously or just – and I really honestly appreciated that because to see the influx of – like to see the dynamic of how he could relate to each individual student based on yeah. their experience was – was incredible to me.
1: Yeah,
0: when he gets back from his tour, I uh, when he gets back from his tour, I want to uh, I want to start taking his classes again.
1: Um, I'm definitely going to so, take them. I'll, I'll take them as much as I can. There was a lot of there were some years that went by that I couldn't take them because they were on Monday nights. But you know, when he comes back, it's like I love his class. I love yeah, any good acting class. Like to this day, I'll go take an acting class if it's a good teacher and a great class. I'm in because I want to stay sharp, and you yeah. never know when that big job is going to come. And you want to stay sharp because if you don't stay sharp, you're going to suck, just like yeah, anything. I mean, you know? and, and for all it's like a muscle, you know, what
0: would you say? Like a muscle?
1: Yeah, your brain—it's like a muscle. You got to keep that muscle. Oh, flexing. I
0: thought you meant like, like, like fucking muscle that you eat. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like. No. Um, what was I going to say now?
1: No, no, you got muscles marinara on your brain.
0: I got muscle marinara. Yeah, that reminds muscles me of a funny marinara. story. When we, that reminds me of a funny story in a little bit when we when when we get there. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Rise. I want to thank my guest and good friend once again for coming on, Mike Massimino. Thank you so much. Tune in next week, guys, for part two of my interview with Mike. Uh, him and I just got on the phone together, chopped it up, could not uh, get off the phone with one another. Interview ended up to be over two hours long. So what I decided to do was split it in halves. Part one, you just heard now. Part two, will be uh, we will release on Saturday. So don't forget to tune in for part two where we talk more about his, who he has for mentors, uh, how he chooses to study for and perfect his craft, who his influences were, other projects that he has worked on in the past, and about that funny story that I just left all you guys hanging with. So please do not forget to tune into part two. Next week, Saturday, will be released on iTunes, uh, Podcast iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Breaker, Radio Public. And Pocket Casts striving for many more platforms down the road. Uh, We'll keep you posted and updated on that as well. If you guys want to go ahead and follow Mike Massimino, you can follow him on Instagram, the good old IG, at Actor Mike Massimino. That's at Actor Mike Massimino. You can also follow him on Facebook simply by searching Mike Massimino. Also, if you're curious about some of uh, the other credits he has under his belt, the abundance of credits that this working son of a bitch has god bless him feel free to go to imdb.com search mike massimino guys i want to thank you once again for tuning in i'm mark basil i am your host you could follow me on instagram at md basil. you can also find me on facebook simply by searching mark basil i hope you guys don't forget to subscribe and download to this podcast we're coming at you each and every week with new guests More inspiration, more motivation, we're going to get shit done here on The Rise. You don't want to miss a single episode, because The Rise is only going to get better.